Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Sure she'll stop farming when pigs fly. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, and I'll tell you, given the way that wind was whipping around yesterday, I saw a lot of things flying. No, no pigs. You're right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a Thursday. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Youngke. Trying to be optimistic about the weather we're going to see today. Yesterday was chilly and windy. Today, at least, we've got sunshine back in the forecast. 35 are expected high. Remember, today is the first day of December, so without the ground cover like they've got northwest Wisconsin, I guess we're already ahead of the game. Cloudy skies tomorrow, but 48. Saturday, sunshine and 28. Sunday, sunshine and 38 degrees. So definitely does not look like we'll have any issues for the folks that are headed to Wisconsin Dells for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation's annual meeting. In fact, we'll probably be talking a little bit more about that as the morning wears on. We're also catching up with Andy Fallman from Everag this morning, so you stick around. Ah, it's that time of year. Gift baskets and authentic holiday German treats. And you know where I go. Yep. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for Judy and the crew at Bavaria Sausage Kitchen. Remember, they're online, open 24 hours a day, seven days a week at BavariaSausage.com. Check out all the information on their Facebook page, Bavaria Sausage Kitchen, and their retail location, corner of Nesbitt Road, Fitcherona Road in Fitchburg, open Monday through Friday, 9 until 5. Did you know they've got 22 different gift basket selections and options you can choose from for your holiday gift-giving smiles. And let's not forget about the authentic German chocolates and holiday treats that are within their retail location as well as available online. But Judy says shop early. They're still having some challenges when it comes to shipping. So be sure that you're jumping online. BavariaSausage.com, Bavaria Sausage Kitchen on Facebook, or visit them face-to-face for a successful holiday gift-giving experience. Everybody has their crystal ball out as far as what they expect in 2023 from agriculture and on down the line. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And it's something that these organizations like banks have to do. And uh, charity, they share information that uh, we have to take a look at so we know where we're going. Absolutely, Bob. Harvest is wrapping up in Wisconsin. And now begins the preparations for 2023. I'm Charity Stebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Steve Nicholson, the global sector strategist for grains and oil seeds at Rabobank, shares more about factors that are impacting the global commodities outlook for 2023. But first, we talk about the latest economic analysis on the progress and current status of U.S. corn and har- um, soybean harvest. The good news is harvest is really pretty well wrapped up. You know, I think it's been a real variable harvest. You hear people going, it was a great year. Other people said it was a so-so year, and other people, it was a horrible year. So, you know, really, bottom line is when you look at what's happening with corn and soybeans, fundamentals are still good, supporting the prices. We're tight on supply. A lot of chatter in the marketplace a little bit about demand-side high prices to destroy demand. I remind people, I said, we've had high prices now for two years, and we haven't seen any sort of pullback in demand. And the other thing people said, well, the USDA is pulling demand back. 
And I said, okay, let's cut into that a little bit more. So if you look at USDA in their models, they'll go through and the model will get to an Indian stocks number. And when that Indian stocks number is low, what do you do? Particularly when you've already forecast the supply side, you've got to cut demand. And if you look at what's happened in the last several months, the last couple months in WASDI, you're starting to see USDA pick demand back up a little bit. One is they have a little bit more supply, but at the same time, they're picking up demand because they see demand is not going to be that low. So that's the thing. We have low stocks. We still have good demand. And not to get too nerdy, but if you start to look at demand curves and look at the prices where they are, and you see where we are today on demand and price, and you're like, wow. And you look at where we were when the price was that high before, and the demand was much lower. So I won't say price is immaterial, but the, the fact is the demand is still there. So we are still friendly in the markets for farmers, but you know, it's just one of those things, it's going to be volatile. And I know that's kind of where we want to talk about next. So what factors are impacting the global commodities outlook for the projection of 2023? So yes, the weather has not been cooperative and that's kind of true all over the world in many regions. And we can all kind of walk through that. But for everything we just talked about, if mother nature would cooperate, then we'd be okay in the sense that we would see stocks rise, we'd see production rise, but we'd also see a little bit of a downdraft in prices. But that doesn't look very promising right now. So when we look around the globe and we think about what's happening globally, so we know what's happening here and we'll come back to the U.S. and what the impact of weather's been. Go to South America, had a good start to the season there. I won't say life is perfect, but life is okay there. It's been a little dry in northern Argentina. They've had some rain. We're starting to see some dryness creep into Mato Grosso in Brazil. And this is very similar. If you look at the weather pattern a year ago versus today, start off the same way. We had good weather to start the growing season, good start to the crop, and then the fossils turned off. We hope that doesn't happen for lots of reasons, but I think we have to be careful about that. Europe was very dry this summer. It is still dry in Europe. And the other problem in Europe is going to be what sort of fertilizer will be available to them as we come into the 23 growing season. As you know, many of the nitrogen plants were shut down because of high price of natural gas. Some of them have come back online. That's the good news, but we'll see going forward. You know, the other challenge is Australia. The good news, Australia's had third year of near record crops of wheat and canola, but they can't get it out because the logistics aren't there. And now what's happening in Australia is they've had too much rain in the eastern part, New South Wales and Victoria, and you're starting to see quality detrigation on the wheat market. So a lot more feed wheat than milling with quality wheat. So you can see that weather is an impact all the way around the world. And so we'll see what 23 brings. You know, I'm not a meteorologist, but you know, the fact is the drought continues to move east of the United States. And so that's a concern. Let's go to our favorite part of the world. If you look at what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, it's a horrible situation. And I'll give them all the credit in the world. It's amazing they've planted crops, harvested crops, and even shipped some crops even before the Black Sea Grain Initiative. But I don't know that that's going to continue. How can they continue in a war zone, continue to produce crops going forward? And on top of that, you know, the world's buyers have seen this, obviously, and are very concerned and have started to diversify their supply chain like they should. And so you've seen buyers pull away from Russia or they're still dabbling there, but they're not dabbling as much. So that puts more pressure back on the major exports of corn, wheat, and soybean in the world to make up that difference. And in the case of wheat, that's going to be difficult because the exporters don't have that wheat. They've seen declines in their stocks as well. So the Ukraine-Russian is going to have a long tail on, on agriculture, a long tail on the markets that's not going to go away anytime soon. So it's going to add to volatility. You know, that's not going to go away either. So it's a horrible situation. We hope it would be cured tomorrow, but I'm afraid it's not going to be. And so it's something we as agriculture as a whole are just going to have to live with it. And it's going to cause a lot more, a lot of price volatility. Well, that's kind of not the negatives, but that is the real life situation and scenario of where we're at. There's always that market volatility, that uncertainty with weather, with current events, that you're putting that crop in in good hope and good faith that you're going to get a good yield. 
and be able to export it and make your money back or more. But what the producer's point of view, what are the market opportunities and margins look like for them? I mean, we talked about the volatility. That's an opportunity. And we've seen the volatility up and down. We'll go back to Black Sea. You know, Russia, I think it's now been almost three weeks, you know, pulled out of the grain agreement and said, ah, you know, you bombed us and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, three days later, they were back in because they got a lot of backlash. So we saw wheat market go 50 cents higher and we saw wheat market go 50 cents lower. So that volatility provides you opportunities. And so we, we want to encourage farmers and, you know, this is a, a bit of a banker's sermon in some ways and I'm sure they've heard it, but we always want to emphasize it, is that when those opportunities arise, you need to take a part of them. But first, you have to understand what are your margins? What are your costs? And we know the costs will be higher this year. That's just, again, the reality of where we are today. But the market has given you opportunities to lock in margins that are positive. And when we look at 23, what we've seen is that, yes, we know costs are going to be high. But as we see going to 23, we see revenue side, the cost side, or the price side, be good to give positive margins. When we started the analysis back in late spring, early summer, we were like, well, it's going to be break even maybe some negative margins for corn and soybean producers, but as we've gone through the year and seen the prices, we see that revenue side good to give good margins. But the, the message is, understand that margin, know exactly where you need to be, and when that opportunity rises, you know, hit the single, to use a baseball analogy, hit that single, or we could use, we could use a, a Packer analogy, you know, hit that, that short pass to get that first down, um, you know, rather than try to go for the home run. And, you know, you hit a lot of singles or short passes, eventually you know, you run a run in or you get a touchdown. So um, that's really what we want to encourage producers to think about and be a little bit more just watch that market closely. That's the other thing. This is not a market to be walk away for a month and then say, oh, it'll be fine. You've got to be paying attention. Um, and if you're not, make sure you have someone paying attention for you. And don't be afraid if you need, I don't know, um, if your cost of corn production is over $5 and you need, you know, you'd like to get $5.50 or $5.75, then don't be afraid to put that order in because it might get hit sometime when you're not paying attention. And then you're, and I know you go, oh, I could have gone higher. Nope. You've locked in a margin, and you're, you can't go broke making a profit. You know, I think generally we've covered a lot of the, of the major high spots. I think the one thing I would say, and it kind of goes back to the, you know, paying attention to the market. When we think about, and we've hit some of the moving parts, but there's so many moving parts in this market, more than I've seen in my career, except maybe the farm crisis 1980s. And the other challenge here is not only there moving parts, but the speed of the moving parts. This is happening so fast. I mean, think about Russia pulling out of the grain and three days later they're back in. And I had to do a presentation and the presentation was to talk about them pulling out and what that meant for the agreement going forward. Well, before I made the presentation, they were back in. So it just encourage that there's so much going on so fast you have to keep up. That was Steve Nicholson, the global strategist for grains and oil seeds at Rabobank. To learn more about the 2023 outlook and other items that he mentioned, go to research.rabobank.com. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Charity Seebecker. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. In the field, the right partner can make all the difference. One that's dependable, straightforward, and is there when you need them. That's LG Seeds. From our hybrids and soybean varieties to our service and support, reliability is in everything we do. 
Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit lgseeds.com for more information. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals. Then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. People you know. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh, that needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local, William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry, your inspiration, your custom jeweler. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Getting rolling now on a Thursday morning. My goodness, my goodness. Believe it or not, we are into the month of December. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, joining us live this morning. I mean, a little bit of a nip in the air this morning. Maybe a little bit more of a breeze than I expected, but... For December 1st, I am good with this. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, We are just a little cooler than our normal nighttime low, which right now is actually right about 23 degrees. That's where we should be about this time of the morning. So it's a little cool this morning and frosty, but hey, we're in for a pretty nice first day of December, not as windy as yesterday, and there ought to be some sunshine. Sure, a few clouds around yet in some areas this morning, but we are going to enjoy some sun. There's a high-pressure system off to our south, and that's the reason things stay a lot quieter, quieter in terms of not as windy as yesterday, and, of course, some sunshine breaking through. It sounds like it should be a pretty good-looking day. Yes, a little on the cool side, maybe not quite back to normal. We should be in the upper 30s yet for normals. I'd expect a mid-30 if we're fortunate. But we have to cast our attention a bit further west to a system in the Pacific Northwest this morning with rain and snow in Northern California and up into Washington and Oregon. Some snow all the way through Idaho, western parts of Montana and Wyoming. That low is going to try to push east. Now, first, it tries to extend a warm front our way, a warm front this morning that extends already into South Dakota, parts of Nebraska. That warm front will pull up and through our area. What it's going to do is allow for a real real quick turnaround. You know, not a real warm day today, like I've said, but we don't cool down a great deal overnight because winds become southerly and the mild air begins to build in. That mild air warms us up even more for Friday. But with that warm front, you know, there's got to be a bit of a cool front. A strong cool front will pass through for most of us Friday night. Now, it may account for a bit of rain toward late Friday or just into Friday night. Further north, maybe some snowflakes or something like that. I don't expect it to amount to much, a tenth of an inch if we see that. 
But that cold front passes through. So as much as we warm up for Friday and it sounds really great, we cool it off again for Saturday. In fact, Saturday, most likely a cooler day than we'll see today. So a big change. We get that warm up for Friday. It sounds great. Then cooler for Saturday. But there will be some sunshine back here for the weekend. It just stays cooler than normal. No doubt about that, at least for Saturday. Warming up again for Sunday, that may account for a precipitation chance as we start the new work week on toward Monday, but those temperatures stay a little nicer. Sunday, Monday, more like normal again and toward the mid-30s at least, making those outdoor chores a, a somewhat bit more enjoyable or in the early part of December instead of fighting a snowstorm or, or really cold, windy conditions. Well, I'll be back with our forecast details right after this. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. It seems like it never fails. I get a customer turned online and their solar is producing. And sure enough, that next month I get a text or an email from that customer or they call into the office even or even come in. They want to show us their bill and say, look, zero dollars. It's always super exciting to be able to be part of that and have that joy and excitement with the customer. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. As a dairy farmer, you depend on your milk receiver pump. McFinn Technologies of Kenosha introduces the impressive Bowpeller pump. It's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpeller Milk Receiver Pump, patented by McFenn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. Alrighty, fella, let's have the forecast for today. It looks like it's going to improve a little bit before the end of the week. Oh, absolutely. Today would be a good day to make sure you know where the sunglasses are if you're going to be on the road or something, because we do have sunshine in store with high pressure, and that sounds great. I'd look for temps, though, in the mid-30s. Could be topping out at 36 or so, especially in the south. Winds out of the west around 5 to 15 become south later, even gusting to 25, so they come back a little bit today. Overnight, as we stay clear, we hold in the upper 20s. There's where we start to warm up. South winds overnight, 5 to 15, may gust up around 30. It's for Friday. I expect a partly sunny and breezy day with that small chance of a little rain in the afternoon, lacrosse and moss and late afternoon evening further east. Now, I'd still look for temps in the very upper 40s, could be close to 50, but the south winds will be strong, 5 to 15, gusting near 30 and better. A little rain chance at last into Friday night ends then, and that cold front passes, sunny, windy Saturday, cooler, mid or upper 20s, 26 or 27 at best, with west winds at 15 to 30, a bit gusty. They do diminish a bit later in the day, Pam, but another at least sunny but windy, cool day for Saturday on the way. Is sun, is anybody getting a, a bundle full of December weather? I didn't pay attention. I've been busy with our travel meetings, didn't get a chance to pay attention. Is there any place in the U.S. where, I mean, outside of what happened uh, the other weekend with the seven feet of sh- snow stuff, uh, but is there anybody else that's suffering right now? The Pacific Northwest, Northern California, really in a bullseye now with a lot of rain and snow. The the rain going to push in, in fact, off the, the ocean for mm. Northern California, give them some flooding and the like. So Jeez. we're going to hear about them today. Yeah, I suppose. They can't get it in just teaspoonful. They get it in bucketsfuls, hey? Yep. All right, my friend. Sounds good. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks, Stu. You bet. Have a great day. Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, just keeping us up to date on what's happening with our weather. And, of course, uh, appreciate you staying in 
step with us as far as what's happening in your backyard. Any weather-related notes you want to share with us, you know that toll, toll-free talk text line is right there, 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Hey, I, w- I do want to thank everybody that joined us yesterday for our face-to-face travel show. First time that we've gotten back into the groove of face-to-face travel shows since the pandemic, so about March of 2020. Great to see everybody. If you're still thinking about joining us for our tour to Iceland, I want you to jump on HolidayVacations.com and in their keyword search, just enter PAM. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. In the agricultural world, we have equipment to put the seed in the ground, take it all the way through its growing season, and put it in the bin. I would definitely recommend Ziegler. The equipment they sell and service is amazing. They care about you, they care about your businesses. They're there to help you, and that's their number one job. Whether you're a large farm, small farm, Ziegler has the equipment that's gonna take care of you and fit your needs, and the support and people to back it up. Reliability is everything, so that's why I choose Ziegler. For agriculture equipment, ZieglerAg.com. Because of you, someone gets to stay home in familiar surroundings. Because of you, there will always be a friendly smile. Because you are the Bright Star in someone's life. Bright Star Home Care is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes working one-on-one with clients in their homes means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com. Sweet Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta metal roof. S-W-I-T-A metalroofing.com. Sweeta metal roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. Rhodes Warm and Serve Rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has a roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin, then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. 
While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. You would never overpay for something if you knew you could get the product for much less elsewhere, much like you wouldn't pay $6 a gallon for gas if the pump down the street was charging the fair market price of $4, would you? So why pay more than MSRP on your next Chevy truck? Bergstrom Chevrolet is a local, family-owned company that values your dollar as much as you do, so you never pay above manufacturer's suggested retail price. And Bergstrom has the inventory to fill your fleet or fix you up with a truck that's going to pull your toys. So go ahead, shop around, and compare that final cost. If the guys down the street are blowing smoke up your tailpipe, jacking up the price on their Chevy trucks, stop by Bergstrom Chevrolet, where you never get charged over MSRP. Join the Bergstrom Auto Family. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. College football playoffs. The selection committee put in uh, some new rankings out. What do you got for me, brother? Yeah, so the new top 10 coming in at number one, Georgia. Number two, Michigan. Number three, TCU. Number four, USC. And then five through 10, Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee, Penn State, Clemson, and Kansas State. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I love what the college football playoff committee has done here. They moved TCU up into the top Three, they moved USC ahead of Ohio State into that fourth slot. It just shows you if TCU and USC win, they're in. Yep. That's that's going to be our top four: Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. I think that is that is a great thing for college football because think it's about a breath it. of fresh air. You got three huge brands in. If, if they all win. Three huge brands, Georgia, obviously out of the SEC, Michigan out of the Big Ten, and USC out of the Pac-12, and then you kind of have your Cinderella and TCU. Yep. But if TCU and USC both lose, you have Ohio State sitting there at five and Alabama sitting there at six. You would imagine that they probably just moved those two right up to three and four. Could you imagine a playoff being one V four is Georgia versus Bama two V three is Michigan state or sorry, Michigan versus Ohio state. That would be pretty wild too. Now, the only thing that I kind of raise an eye at a little bit is, yeah, I think I, I do think both TCU and USC win. So I think we're going to have that top four, but if they both lose the Ohio state, Michigan, Georgia, Alabama, 
that's going to be a rating bonanza. <laughs> but I can't believe they moved a 10 and 2 Alabama ahead of a 10 and 2 Tennessee for their final yeah. one before. Tennessee beat them straight up. Yeah, they yeah, like Ten- they Tennessee took, they took the goalposts and threw them in the both teams the, have the two river. losses. Yeah. Well, it's, I find that a little weird. But well, you think it's just because it's the name? I think it's the name with Alabama. Yeah. And I also think because Hendon Hooker, the really good quarterback for Tennessee, is hurt. Yeah. He's done for the year. Yeah. He's not playing. So I, I think that's probably why they gave the nod to Alabama, where they'd rather see Alabama in that uh, top four if some crazy stuff were to happen. But I'm excited. I, I feel like for the first time, we're not having to really deal with two SEC teams or is the Big Ten really going to get a team in? Because remember, Ohio State missed one year when they only had like, what was it, one loss? Yeah. Well, then- I'm glad. I'm kind of glad that on the outside looking in, it's Bama and Clemson. Because doesn't it just feel like the last decade, Bama and Clemson has played in so many different college football playoffs and national championships? I'm glad that it's a little different flavor. I'm glad that USC is back in it. The last time we saw legit big-time USC teams was Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush. And that was a long time ago. What a game, too. Yeah. That's, that's 15-plus years ago. Oh, Do you want to see a TCU kind of do it and get in their little darling? I'm fine with it. Or do you think they get in there and end up like getting exposed? I think uh, I think TCU. I mean, I would like to see see it just for I don't want to say chaos, but just something different. Max Duggan is a really good quarterback, and TCU has found ways to win games. They might not be the most impressive team, but I feel like at at 12 weeks into a season. I'm just I'm just kind of sick and tired of all the Alabama. Yeah, so am I. The the Clemsons or even the Ohio State. How'd you feel when the Cincinnati was in there? Uh, you know, let's throw it back to Luke Fickle when the Cincinnati was in there. Were you like, okay, let's go, or it's like, man, are they should be even be in there? Well, I feel like when you look at the college football like rankings, I always feel like there's probably six to eight teams that feel like they're worthy or that should have a shot. That's why me personally, I hope they expand it to six or eight teams. Yeah, totally. Because I feel like, like right now I could make an argument that Alabama's the best team in college football and they're sixth. Yeah. Or how many times in a simulation, if Alabama played and there was a 16 playoff, do you think the number six seed Alabama would win? There's probably a a number of times. It's not like it would be like one or two times. So I get it. And I mean, we've seen where Alabama was sitting there left out and they still made the the college football playoff. And then with like Tua, they won the national championship. Yeah, I get it. Sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young. You know, speaking of menus, I don't know if you've been noticing it lately, but the price of eggs not going down at our grocery stores or anywhere across the countryside. Is it still connected to avian influenza? If you're a big baker or you are going to be doing a lot of holiday entertaining, you might really notice that. Well, we've got a story coming up with Carrie Mess to try to give you some answers on how long those egg prices are going to stay escalated. I'm Pam Yankee. Really glad you're along with us. Wow, first day of December looks like it's going to be pretty manageable. Today we've got sunshine in the forecast, 35. few more clouds tomorrow, but we'll be at 48 degrees. Saturday, sunshine and 28. Sunday, 
partly sunny and 38. So definitely no problems if you are going to be joining us at the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation's Young Farmer Conference, as well as their business session that begins tomorrow at the Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. A little bit more on that conference, hopefully, coming up. And don't forget Andy Fullman from Everag, our special guest this morning. First day of December. On this day back in 1884, fire actually destroyed a UW building. It was the Science Hall. And because of that, engineering students got crammed into space of a former dormitory, North Hall. That's where they spent the next four semesters because of that fire back on this day in 1884. Interesting. Yesterday, we had our travel shows for our farm tour to Iceland coming up in March. Well, on this day back in 1918, the Kingdom of Iceland was established. It was established with the signing of Act of Union with Denmark. The act recognized Iceland as a sovereign state under a common monarch with Denmark, and the kingdom lasted until 1944, when after a national referendum, they created the Republic of Iceland. And that is where we're heading, don't forget, coming up mid-March. Happy birthday to actor-comedian Woody Allen. He is 86 years old. And Bette Miller, the one and only, she is 76. And now you know. And literally, we do want to keep you informed on what's influencing the prices you're paying for goods at the grocery store. Carrie Mess joins us this morning with an update on the price of eggs. Have you noticed the price of eggs in the grocery store? While prices have been climbing, some stores are limiting purchases or just running out, with about 10% of the nation's egg-laying chickens being lost to avian influenza this year. Egg production is tight and will remain that way for a while. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. Ron Keene is the UW Extension Poultry Specialist, and he's joining us to share a little bit more about Wisconsin egg production and the situation at the store. Ron, tell me a little bit more about what egg production looks like like in Wisconsin. So I would say we have two very large companies, and each of them have a couple facilities, but large, you know, two million hens, one million or two million hens on a farm, that size range. And then we have quite a few, what I would say are small to medium producers, 10,000 hens, 20,000 hens, 40,000, something like that, that are mostly pastured. Certainly we have a, a pretty booming organic industry. So a lot of those are 5,000 hens, something like that. When we're looking at eggs in the store, are those often Wisconsin eggs or are they usually from other states? One of our very large producers in the state does shell egg production. And so a lot of the egg would come from them. But there's also probably some coming from Iowa and Minnesota. Iowa's the number one egg producer, so they have about 10 times the players we have. Tell me a little bit more about how avian influenza affected the egg industry beyond just the egg layers. One of the big issues is that we can't just immediately resupply those chicks. The typical production cycle of hens would be, you know, a year and a half to two years or so. There's not just chicks out there waiting to replace those if we have to get rid of them younger, which is what we're doing with influenza. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things. We don't have chicks 
parks and facilities to grow those young chicks up. So if a farm has a million hens, they may only have pullet production for 100,000 at a time. In a normal plan, they would be growing 100,000, getting rid of 100,000 old ones, and then, you know, slowly rotating. If all of a sudden you get rid of a million, now you've got 10 set there, you can't just immediately refill them. When people are going to the grocery stores and they can't find eggs or they're limited on eggs or eggs are just expensive, it really comes back to avian influenza. For For the most part, I would say, you know, prices in general probably would have been high anyway. Feed costs are expensive. Labor costs have gone up. Transportation costs have gone up. But I still think avian influenza is the biggest driver. That was Ron Keene, the UW Extension Poultry Specialist, sharing more about the retail egg situation. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. It'll be the first time for me. How about you? Join me on our Agricultural Wonders of Iceland tour, March 11th through the 17th. Discover Iceland's best-known national treasures, searching for the awe-inspiring northern lights, and enjoy a scrumptious lunch at a historic sheep farm. Visit HolidayVacations.com, keyword PAM, to learn more about this tour and watch a travel show. Or call 888-557-1020 for a free brochure. Andy Fallman from Everag is coming up in just a moment. Big congratulations on a Thursday morning to our new Wisconsin honey queen. Her name, Kaylin Sumner. She's from Cecil, Wisconsin, up in northeast Wisconsin, and she is the 2023 Wisconsin honey queen. She's the daughter of Robert and Tracy Sumner of Cecil, a graduate of Pulaski High School, and now a junior at Kansas State University, where she's majoring in agriculture education, minors in food science, and entomology. And she is going to be a wonderful representative for Wisconsin's beekeepers and honey producers, and she'll also be competing at the American Honey Queen Competition and the American Beekeeping Federation Convention coming up in New Orleans next month. Congratulations again to Kaylin Sumner from Cecil, our new Wisconsin Honey Queen. And I had a chance to visit with her during the uh, Honey Producers Convention. And boy, she is articulate. She could very well go the distance and become the American Honey Queen. Congratulations. Markets in overnight electronic trade this morning. Everything is in red ink. Dow Jones Industrial Average is down. December corn down three right now at 659. January soybeans are down 13 and a half, 1456. The wheat for December unchanged, but March wheat is down eight and a half at 787. I suppose I got to start looking at the uh, spring contracts now that we're into December. Barrel cheese yesterday in Chicago gained a penny and three quarters at 181 and three quarters. 40 pound block cheese was down two and a half at 206 and a half. Double A butter on Wednesday dropped a half a cent to 292 and a half per pound. 
Like I said, January milk this morning, that's currently up three cents at 1945. February milk, that's down 21 cents, closed at 1943 a hundredweight. Talking more about Wisconsin's dairy industry, the latest numbers from USDA showed that our dairy producers in October saw their milk price go up a little bit. $24.40 a hundredweight, what the average dairy producer was paid. That's $2.30 above last month's price and $4.70 a hundredweight higher than last October. And although that's a very healthy price, it is still less than the all milk price, which was about a buck and a half higher than Wisconsin. But still, a trend that's there. We don't know how long that trend's going to last, but it was there. Some of the other trends that maybe you noticed as a producer, the average price for corn in October came in $5.99 a bushel. That was $1.13 a bushel below September, but $1.20 a bushel higher than October a year ago. Same trend in soybeans. For a bushel of soybeans in October, the price was $13.20 a bushel, 90 cents below September, but $1.40 above a year ago. So a couple things to note there. The hay price in Wisconsin coming in around $149 a ton in October. That was $50 above September, but $2 below October hay prices compared to a year ago. So now you know. How are prices being handled in the dairy complex? Are we still seeing a lot of holiday demand for the dairy goodness, or is that starting to slip? We're going to ask it of our friend Andy Fallman, one of the broker analysts with Everag, joining us live via Skype next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. In the field. It's good to have a friend you can count on. One that's hardworking, trustworthy, and always shows up. Just like LG Seeds. Our corn hybrids and soybean varieties deliver consistent performance across all your acres, giving you reliable yield you can expect. Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit lgseeds.com for more information focusing on 2023. What happens with you guys at Wiffles? What do your research teams, your breeding teams, what are they going to be doing now for the next few weeks or months? Yeah, well, it's uh, we're, we're crunching data like crazy right now. So we're looking through all the observations our research team, our, uh, the, the corn breeders that we have go around to our 70 uh, research sites and myself, and we take notes throughout the year on our on the corn hybrids and just all the experimentals plus the commercials. Uh, and then, you know, the, the combines roll through and, and give us information. So we just have to coalesce all that data, put it together, make sense of it. Uh, so, you know, the corn breeders, they've been busy uh, crunching through the data and then getting their winter nurseries out. So, you know, we use a winter environment to, to make another cycle of hybrids so those are being grown and those will be the ones that we're you know evaluating and testing next year now remember if you want to get a jump start great place to start at wiffles.com rebath started decades ago by two gentlemen who created acrylic forms to cover existing bathtubs today rebath is a complete bath remodeling company we replace existing fixtures and totally upgrade your bathroom Free in-home consultation, free custom design, an affordable new bath in just days, not weeks. Visit our showroom on Stoughton Road or Rebath.com. Rebath, making it easy to love your bath. 
From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Alrighty, on a Thursday morning, always happy to welcome in the folks from EverAg. They are scattered all across the United States doing a great job in risk management and advisement for our dairy industry, but all industries connected with agriculture. Joining us this morning is our friend Andy Fallman, who is one of the broker analysts keeping an eye on what's influencing our dairy markets. we got a lot to cover, Andy, in a short period of time. Let's start on the global scene and what you have been watching, what you've been noticing as far as the European Union. You know, all year we've been kind of watching milk production ebb and flow around the globe. European Union's been part of that conversation, hasn't it? Definitely, Pam, and I appreciate you having me this morning. Um, yeah, I mean, long story short, this year, um, especially the earlier part of the year, you know, it's a pretty good bull run that we had, um, class three and class four milk. And I'd say a good portion of that came off the heels of, the EU, and in short, they just weren't able to supply themselves. Um, and you know, I, I think for them, at least, the the, the saying holds true: the the cure for high prices is high prices. And what we started to see out of them is, um, you know, weakness not only in their you know cheese equivalent products, but also hearing about butter products as well, trading around, call it like in the U.S. equivalent, you know, salt adjusted, but I mean, um, or excuse me, the the, the content adjusted, but two fifty, two sixty type pricing. Um, also starting to see too, just milk collections and in, in some of the bigger regions starting to pick up. Um, so again, I, I, I think that saying is pretty evident there that the cure for high prices is high prices in Europe. And I think we start to see the effects of it in the United States and around the rest of the world. Oh, um, for sure. On, on the, on the other, on the other side of the, on the other side of the pond, you've got Oceana as well. And we watch GDT auctions pretty closely and, you know, you're starting to see, we had been seeing a pretty consistent slide. Not only at a GDT, but also in their their Pulse auction, which is uh, relatively new, and it's a, kind of an out a new little glimpse into the whole milk powder market. But you know, those those have been on a relatively steady decline, which again, um, our ability to export is somewhat contingent on you know how we stack up with the rest of the world. You know, I I absolutely get you on the cure for high prices is high prices. Let's talk a little bit about some of the outside influences that the European Union is still working through from what I've experienced. There's regulatory measures afoot that are also kind of factoring in on the European Union, correct? For sure, for sure. And it's and it's my understanding um, that it's a lot of different, um, you know, like climate initiatives. And, you know, being able to, it, it, it can essentially, I think for the future, it'll be something to definitely be mindful of. Um, I think it can potentially inhibit growth and, and, you know, not allow folks, you know, on the dairy side to be able to actually like, you know, add cows, produce extra milk, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So for sure, that's, um, that's definitely in the news and, you know, never didn't really see much in terms of any sort of retraction when we started to see like outbreak of, you know, the, the war between uh, Ukraine and Russia either that, um, that never really took like a sidestep. Right, right. Yeah, uh, Andy Fallman's along with us, one of the broker analysts with Everag joining us live. So as you mentioned, uh, European Union, one of the areas that we've got to keep an eye on. Let's uh, bring that fast forward to what we've been seeing here in the United States. You mentioned the United States has to try to stay competitive if they want to be able to continue to capture the international marketplace. That's part of the ups and downs we've seen on our cheese and butter prices, correct? For sure, definitely, and especially in the cheese space. You know, we saw earlier this year, um, I want to say calendar Q3, the earlier part of it. You know, we we saw a pretty good slide in the, the futures market there, right? I mean, I think at, at one point we were close to $25 on average, and uh, a lot of those contracts settled as much as four to four dollars below that price. Um, a lot of that had to do with um, 
you know, for us to be competitive and, and to get to a little bit more export business, we took a pretty good, you know, pretty good hit on our on our cheese price here. But that allowed us to be able to participate more and see a run back over two bucks in the cheese space. So I think I think what we're seeing is, you know, another kind of run at that, so to speak, where, you know, the CME block got to about two dollars and 20 cents a pound. Um, with respect to the rest of the world, I don't feel like that was enough for us to be competitive, meaning, you know, we, we weren't as much of a discount mm-hmm. and, you know, we were already starting to see, as we already noted, uh, some pressure overseas, not only in EU, but also in Oceania. And so that, you know, that plus the price discrepancy just didn't allow for us to be able to export a whole, a whole heck of a lot. And we're also kind of running out the clock in terms of uh, like holiday buying. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's already, it's already the first of December, if you can believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you don't have your cheese bought and paid for by Christmas, well, or excuse me, for Christmas, it's going to be tough. Um, so I, I think, you know, yes, we saw, I think, some residual holiday demand last week. I think we see some more this week. But I think as as, as we get closer to Christmas and really the middle of the month, I, I think that demand just starts to really dwindle. And so you lose some of that export business as well as that seasonal holiday demand. And um, we're, our, like I said, we're already starting to feel the effects of it on the exchange. The block has gone from, call it 220, I believe, yesterday's settlement around 209. Um, barrels have been kind of hanging in around a dollar eighty, more or less. They took a quicker trip down to that price. Um, futures definitely have been, been been feeling the effects of it, particularly in you know December, January, February, and even March. Um, the, the the further out you go down the curve, the less it seems to be less it seems to be affected. Right, right. Well, and that's, like you said, at the same time, we had been talking all year about, ooh, look at not much increase in U.S. milk production. And now as we get through the end of the fourth quarter, seems like a lot of the major dairy states are coming on a little stronger with milk production. For sure, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, a, a function of some of the higher prices that we had seen. And, you know, 2022, from a, just kind of like an entire aggregate perspective, going to be a pretty high milk price. Um, you know, but both for class three and class four. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would expect that to be this, to, to, to continue. I think obviously the wild card for whether or not we see, you know, persistent year over year growth and, um, in milk production is going to be, you know, obviously some of these feed prices have been, have been holding relatively stable when you, when you compare them with, with respect to milk, mm-hmm. they've been oscillating around, you know, meal and corn. But for the most part, milk has seen a, a pretty good, you know, especially up front, uh, yeah. come off quite a bit while the rest of those, you know, the input side really hasn't done much. Yeah, still awfully expensive. I mean, you know, if you take it, if you benchmark it against uh, two years ago or something like that, it's still uh, pretty lofty. So uh, you guys are the ones that are trying to help people put together that risk management plan. Hey, Andy? For sure. For sure. How do you suggest that people yeah. get a hold of you? Uh, you know, you can just reach out to my email address. Uh, a is an apple, J is in Jack, F is in Frank at ever.ag. Yeah. It's a good way to get a hold of us. Yeah. Good deal. Uh, you can also visit our website, ever.ag. All right, buddy. Well, as usual, we're out of time, so I'm going to have to let you go, but I appreciate the update. If I don't get a chance to talk to you before, have a good holiday break. You do the same. Thank you very much for your time, Pam. I appreciate it. Excellent. Andy Foma joining us live this morning. Again, part of the EverAg team, one of the broker analysts you want to talk to if you're trying to put your risk management plan together uh, for 2023. Like you said, a lot of unknowns out there. Uh, control what you can. That is for sure. Tomorrow morning, we're going to visit with Bob Nash. He is the retiring president of the Young Farmer Association through the Wisconsin.